on this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast, you're going to hear some great ideas from Julie Smith, who's a K-5 EdTech consultant, and Mary Ledford, who's a second grade teacher, and they've done some incredible things in their classrooms that I know you're going to want to add to your classroom. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom every day. Well, hey there, welcome back to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Uh, great to have you along with another uh, adventure where we talk with people doing awesome STEM stuff in the classroom. And today we're talking with two uh, teachers to educators from Celine, Michigan, and they are Julie Smith and Mary Ledford. And welcome to the show, Julie and Mary. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, it's so great to have elementary teachers on the show and, and people that work with elementary kids because a lot of times, you know, we feel like STEM is this really complicated thing. It involves rocket science and physics, and, and those aren't always, you know, that's that's not for elementary kids, right? Right. That's a little too complex. Yeah. So for me so, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. For for a lot of elementary teachers, that, that STEM can can be a little bit you know inaccessible and and difficult. So so uh, I got I got the chance to to hear Julie and Mary speak at a, a conference in Michigan uh, back in back in March of 2018, and it was incredible listening to some of their great ideas. So hopefully you're going to get some great ideas listening to Julie and Mary today on the show. And uh, let's, let's first just by having each of you guys share a little bit about, about yourselves and how you kind of got into teaching. So we'll start with you, Julie. Okay. Well, I am an educational technology consultant here in Saline, Michigan. I moved to Michigan about a year and a half ago, two years ago, depending on where <laughs> I, I moved to Ann Arbor <laughs> and then to Saline six months after. But I came from Virginia, where I was a classroom teacher for 10 years. I taught second, third, and fifth grade. And then I transitioned into an instructional technology resource teacher for three years and worked at four different elementary schools, coaching teachers wow. how to successfully and effectively integrate technology into their lessons. So when I moved to Michigan, there wasn't a position like that available, but I was also running my blog, The Techie Teacher. You can get there by going to thetechieteacher.net and also yep. creating digital resources for my Teachers Pay Teachers store. And at that time, I decided to go off on my own and dedicate you know, most of my time towards blogging, creating resources, and I also started professional development. I do a lot of virtual professional development through my blog. Yep. And it's just kind of taken off and having a hard time keeping it up, keeping up with it all. <laughs> it's, it's been really fun. And Mary and I connected a, a year ago, a year ago, about a year yeah. ago. And she's invited me into her classroom and it's just been really fun to work with her and get to know her kids and do some fun stuff in here. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, so there you started as a, as a teacher and kind of got into the whole technology side. Um, and, and now you're able to help a wide variety of teachers to add, add that stuff to their classroom. That's awesome, Julie. That's crazy. Um, I never in a million years would have thought I would have left the classroom, but then yeah, kind of morphed into this and it's fun to be able to reach a broader audience than I could just by working. Yeah. District. 
and and if you think about it, you you could be impacting right now, you know, far more different children than if you just had one classroom because you're helping teachers all over um, with with the stuff and the resources that you have. So, um, so quick quick plug right there, uh, the techieteacher.net. Um, you can find that, and you can also find Julie Smith on Twitter at jg techie teacher. Um, so find find her and follow her and find her great okay. stuff. Uh, but Mary. Mary Ledford, um, also, you're a teacher, though, right? Yes, I don't have near as exciting history as Julie. <laughs> I started teaching a pre-K class for a couple of years, and then I took a 15-year maternity leave to uh, be with my children. Came back, and right. the past 18 years, I've been in Celine schools. Um, I've taught fourth grade, and I'm now in second grade, and really loving it, loving it. Yeah. So, so uh, when I first um, heard you guys, uh, talking and sharing at this conference, you what what struck me was that you had kids reading, you know, Stuart Little and, and uh, the Snowy Day and Dear Mr. Henshaw, but you had these activities that went along with it. Share share about some of those, like like that Dear Mr. Henshaw um, project that you guys had. You didn't just have the kids read the book and you know fill out the questions in the worksheet and, and write a book report. Well, it came, um, so I was doing book clubs, and I had a small group of students that were reading Dear Mr. Henshaw, and this is when I was teaching fourth grade many years ago, and one of the things that we do in book clubs is we kind of get together, and we discuss different issues that the main character is having, and one of the students said, I just feel so bad that his lunch gets stolen every day that somebody breaks into his lunchbox and and the character makes a comment about a thief stealing his lunch and and one of the kids said we should create this lunchbox alarm and for me it just kind of a light bulb went off because I had to teach electricity that year in science and I thought yeah. okay I think we can do this and um, more students wanted to read the book so we ended up having the whole class read the book and very rarely do I have one novel for the entire group, but they were all excited about it. So I contacted the electronics teacher at the high school and said, can you help us out with some circuitry um, that if I teach the basics, uh, the vocabulary, and we come up to you, will your high school students help us wire a lunchbox so that an alarm will go off when you open it? So um, that's kind of how Dear Mr. Henshaw kind of started the whole STEM literacy connection for me. Yeah, and that's an awesome example of of just taking the initiative to say I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to another teacher in my district and and ask for some help and and even it sounds like you even got to have those those high school kids helping and and what an awesome experience too you know and, and that mentorship aspect as well too. I just feel like our high school is such a resource for elementary teachers. When I reach out to our high school staff time and time again, like, hey, I have this idea. I'm not sure how, where to go with this. And sometimes I'm just looking for, like, this is not possible with seventh, second grade. <laughs> sometimes they're like, yeah, you know what? Let me bring in a crew and we can, we can make this happen. And um, most often they are more than willing to either donate supplies. The students want to take on that leadership role. So they're mentoring my students. Um, I think high school teachers are more than willing to help out any elementary teacher with a project that they might have. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so that that project turned into some other projects. You, you know, maybe share another one or two that that you found that have worked great. Well, um, as a read aloud, we read My Father's Dragon, which is a book set back in the '40s, but it's it's a classic yep. book. It's a wonderful book about this little guy who goes to an island to save a dragon, and so. Yep. 
I broke the book into three parts, the beginning, middle, and end. And I have to teach, um, for, for second graders, there's a lot of um, literature skills that I need to kind of model and teach and reinforce. And at the beginning, we talk about how he has to get to this island. So our STEM project became, how could Elmer Elevator get to the island? So what are some ways? And I was thinking, you know, we would build a bridge. We, you know, I had all these ideas, but the students took it a step further. Well, you could zip line to the island. Like they can't, they thought outside <laughs> of that. They had ideas that I never even dreamed would be possible. So I loved, that's one of the things I love about STEM, that my mind can come up with a couple ideas, but their minds come up with even more or different ones. They really think outside of the box. So what yeah. we, we built something um, they had to build a structure that would get them across um, from one desk to the other. The desks were 12 inches apart. And then we had a coding Ozobot, and he had to travel the length of the bridge. So we had to make sure that the structure was strong. We had to make sure it was durable. It would hold the Ozobot, and it could travel suspended 12 inches um, apart. Yeah. Wow. That's that's cool. So So all along, I mean, you, you just try some of these things, right? And, and, and hopefully they work. And if they don't work, you know, that that's okay. You try it again next time, right? Well, that's, we talk about growth mindset a lot in our classroom. And um, sometimes the bridges didn't work. And so we talked about what would we do? So there's that reflection piece where they have to go back and think about what went wrong. And as an engineer, they need to, um, to go back, reassess, rebuild and try it again. And um, it's that yeah. growth mindset of like, let's keep going. Let's keep trying. We're onto something good. Let's make it better. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, so, so Julie, um, share, share. So you've been able to come in and, and help Mary with, with some things. Um, what are, what are some ways you've been able to come in and, and help her and, and find some success? Well, we, uh, I filmed the entire <laughs> My Father's Dragon activity, which was so fun, and talking with the kids, and Mary and I, like she said, were absolutely blown away with the ideas that they came up with, not just a bridge, but the zip line or a catapult, you know, things that we had never in a million years would have thought about. Um, that's that's, that's not know, how, uh, you know, most public transportation happens, right? <laughs> in big city. Correct. So, correct. So why we just love those little minds and how it's so important not to put too many parameters on projects like that because you never know what direction they're going to take it. You know, this whole idea yeah. of student-led projects is so important, especially for these kids to truly be empowered and feel like they have ownership of their learning. Uh, really something to think about. But as far as implementing STEM and literacy into my classroom back in the day, years ago, <laughs> um, you know, Mary and I were talking when we were making this presentation. I said, oh, my goodness, I guess I did do STEM, but I didn't know it was STEM. You know, it's, this whole right. term has been coined, in, what, in the past eight years, five, yeah. eight years? Yeah. It's 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 really gotten popular in the recent years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know we would read a story such as um, patrol, the sidewalk yeah. patrol, which was about a lady who was blind and kids were helping her walk down the sidewalk by moving bicycles. But we kind of got into this whole conversation about people with disabilities and what happens, and the kids got so yep. wrapped up in the whole idea of helping 
people, especially children with disabilities, and it led to a conversation of wheelchair-bound children with disabilities. What do they do at recess? Because look at our playground. They don't have any types of uh, yeah. play on. So it, it led into this whole project of let's research ways that wheelchairs could be picked up or used in some sort of way in which children can feel like they're playing on the playground without leaving their wheelchair and they designed they uh, did a reflection piece where they made a video with their design explaining their structure and we sent it off to a company that um, builds actual equipment for disabilities to kind of get their feedback Uh, so all these little projects I had done back in the day, maybe didn't have every single element of what we refer to STEM today, but, you know, the main pieces, the research, the design, the yeah. and the reflection piece. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, Different yeah, and, and, and the education field and morph into something else. Exactly, exactly. And it's just, just getting kids to, to think outside of the box, to, to think creatively. Um, like you, like you mentioned before, that growth mindset. Um, you, you guys were talking uh, uh, before we started. Uh, you took a took a very bland subject uh, to a to a young kid that's that's that idea of history, and and you guys just recently completed a pretty cool project, right? We did. We did. We just we now have an app in the app store. I never dreamed this would even be possible. <laughs> but one of our um, social studies curriculum units. Um, is to teach the students about the history of our community. And to a seven-year-old and an eight-year-old, that is very hard because they think in the here and now. And when you ask them about the past, it just means first grade. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You know, <laughs> less than first grade. So to talk about a time when there were no cars on the streets or cars were just being introduced and people had to take trains or trolleys, that's a very hard concept for them to understand. So, mm-hmm. um, so I used an, um, a website called Powtoons, created these little secret missions. And so they really thought that they were on a secret mission to save Celine history. And I wow. had administrators come in and they were dressed as secret agents. So the video would be shown in the morning about a secret agent going to pop in at some time today and give you some information to save Celine history. Will you take the challenge? So all day long, they're like looking for these secret agents and, and uh, <laughs> our superintendent joined in. We had a couple of principals pop in and they would deliver, you know, they had this trench coat on and they would open up this briefcase and they would hand me the secret envelope. So they, and then they would leave. It was literally just 10 seconds, but it was the best 10 seconds of my student's day. Wow. We got a secret envelope. And so to do some research to learn, um, I divided the city up into eight sections and they had to research about their section so they were kind of merged into teams of three they read they wrote we had people who have grown up in Celine and been here for almost their whole lives um, come awesome. and share some of the history that they remember they remembered a hotel being here which is no longer here so the students asked all these great questions you know tell me about the fire and it was funny because they would say you know tell me about the fire of 1881 and they would say I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you understand I'm old but not that old <laughs> right right so then we created scripts and then 
took pictures from the Historical Society and created eight iMovies. And um, we had uh, some alumni do the graphic design work and um, code the app for us. And we now have the Saline History app. So anyone in the community can download it, stand in these locations, see the current day picture, and then watch the video with the um, historical photos. And let me tell wow. you, a new community member to Celine, I have learned yep. so much from that app. These kids have <laughs> downloaded, and it went live in the app store today, correct? It did. It did. So thank goodness I had it downloaded on my phone, because when I walked in here this afternoon, all the kids said, Mrs. Smith, our app is live, our app is live. And I pulled out my phone <laughs> and showed them. I already had it on my phone, and they went berserk. And I mean, wow. screaming and yelling things like, when I'm older, I'm going to create an app for this, yada, yada, yada. You know, they now feel so empowered to do something even bigger and better on their own, which is incredible. Second grade. Wow. And yeah, I think, second grade. I think that's what's great about STEM and project-based learning is the engagement and then the impact that they see that they have on the world around them. Mm -hmm. And it makes them want to do more. So now they're already talking about, I need to learn more coding so that I can create my own app. I need to see what else I can do to contribute to the community of Celine. So, um, you know, at seven and eight years old, they already have a bigger perspective that goes beyond our classroom. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Thank you for doing something like that with kids and, um, and, and, and teachers, as you're, as you're listening to this, you know, I mean, Mary and Julie, you know, they just, they just saw a need, they saw an idea and, and just took that initiative. And that's, that's what really what any teacher can do. I mean, I mean, how many of us think we could have created an app, right? I mean, you guys didn't think you could create an app, right? And you did, right? Yeah, I, it was kind of funny because when I pitched the idea to um, our superintendent of curriculum, he said, I, I don't, I just, don't know how this is going to work. I'm like, don't worry, we'll figure it out as we go. <laughs> and we yeah. have a lot of support. And you just reach out, your resources become human resources, mm -hmm. and you reach out to people. And if they can't help you, they're more than willing to help direct you to the next person. So that's exactly. Kind of you know, you just start reaching out to your community, using your social media. Hey, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. My daughter is a graphic oh, designer. Yeah. And I said, can you do the graphics for this app and she's like sure no problem I'd love to be able to do this so um yeah. it's looking at who your resources are yeah and and I've found that more and more you know just using Twitter as an educator myself I mean if I don't know something I'll, I'll reach out and ask and um, I'm sure you guys do the same and and lots of teachers are finding out that that's just such an incredible way to to connect and and get help when you're not sure what to do so um again Find, you can find Mary Ledford also on Twitter at superstar2nd, you know, second, and then gr, so superstar second grade. And, of course, we'll have hers and, and Julie Smith's information in the show notes um, as, as you find here on the podcast. Um, a couple last questions, you guys, um, because it's, it's awesome hearing the things you guys are already doing. Um, of course, everything has worked, right? You've never had anything fail in the classroom. <laughs> Oh, I've had many failures, um, but I think when I look back, the common denominator for all of my failures is not giving students enough time to create. So they've, oh. um, they've kind of given me this sloppy project, if you will, and it just, you know, I didn't give them enough time to build. I didn't give them enough time to reflect and then go back and, and rebuild it to make it better. So if I had to say what was my biggest failure at the beginning was just not devoting enough time 
for the project. That's that's a super important lesson. That's great. I mean, because engineers, I mean, yeah, they have deadlines, but they can also keep working on something. They can keep fixing something. Everybody can. So Absolutely. And I would say yeah. for me, it's maybe setting too many boundaries to begin with. You know, teachers are groomed to plan, plan, plan. We have to submit lesson plans. We have to have everything thought out. But yep. I think in the beginning, I just had too many boundaries for the kids. And that just prevents them from truly reaching their full potential and limits what they're able to do. So maybe just stepping back and letting them lead the way a little bit more, um, not limiting what supplies they can't use, letting them oh, bring yeah. in. Uh, and then what Mary touched upon is providing more time for them to improve their design. You know, yeah. maybe it didn't work out the first time, but letting them go back and rework it and try again, not just moving yeah, to the next best thing. Right, because we're we're so often driven by by time limits. We got to have this turned in by Friday, and you got to have this turned in by the marking period. And, oh yeah. And that's when we get our that's when we get our mindset on turning things in instead of learning. You know, that's that's when it all falls apart. So. Agreed. Um, and and even just thinking about earlier when you guys were talking about about the book, you know, My Father's Dragon, and and all those things that those kids came up with that you didn't think of, and if you had limited it to only what you were thinking of, you know, it. They would have missed out on all that. So. Exactly. Um, yeah. Hey, so if you could invite somebody from STEM, past or present, into your classroom, guest speaker for the day, who would you bring? Anybody. Anybody will show up. You just have to ask them. Well, if I had to pick within Michigan, I would definitely pick Jessica Prem, who is an educator in Grand Rapids. Um, she has a site full steam ahead and just incredibly talented very talented woman. But if I had to go beyond the state boundary, I would probably ask <laughs> Brown from Teach Outside the Box. Um, lots of creative STEM ideas. She's got a great um, Instagram account where I can just visually see really quick what she's offering and what she, what, you know, what the other day she had something with tree rings and, and just pieces of oh. tree bark. And I was like amazed at what she was doing. Yeah. Those are, those are great. Those are great suggestions. I would invite to Mary's classroom since I don't have a classroom. Kimberly Bryant, the founder of Black Girls Can Code, and that's an organization that brings young preteen girls, you know, at an age where they're trying to possibly figure out what they want to do in the future as far as a career, uh, brings them in-demand technology skills, like introducing them to computer programming or whatnot. But, you know, she just has a great message for anyone, like anyone, regardless of sex, race, their background, they have the ability to be a problem solver, an innovator, you know, whatever yeah. it is. I think she has a very strong message that can be offered to any child of any age. Yeah. And, and those ideas of problem solving, even even that, that logical, that sequential thinking of coding, it, it, it's not just limited to computer science. It's it's really it's part of everything in our world. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. And hopefully we see more of that making its way into all classrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Not just, a, you know, and again, that's the same thing with STEM. If, if we just keep it in this little box and we take it out, we say, OK, now it's STEM time. And then we put it away. 
you know, we're, we're limiting what our kids are thinking of, of STEM as being. And instead you guys have both of you, you know, Julie and Mary, you guys have both shared examples and you're doing things each day of, of adding that, whether you call it STEM or not, you're adding that to your classroom bits and pieces every day. Um, and that's, and that's really, you know, the, probably the big takeaway that any educator listening today to the show, that's, that's the thing. We just, we just have to find ways to, to give kids those opportunities to create and to, um, to build and to think outside the box and add those, those things um, to their everyday. Yes. Yes. Yep. I agree. So any, any other last thoughts, um, Julie Smith and Mary Ledford, any other things you'd like to share real quick? Um, I think it's interesting when I can figure out why they're thinking what they're thinking. So as Julie was sharing about some of the things, um, putting limits on students, if you yep. remove those limits and then they start brainstorming, like we had said with our father, my father's dragon, and they talked about the zip line. The one thing that um, we did was we asked, well, what are you thinking? And there was a sleeping whale. And they said, even if you had a bridge, they, you, it would be too loud. And that whale might wake up and eat you. So a zip line, you could go above the whale. So asking students questions of, and backing up their thinking, I think really helps. Uh -huh helps down the road in future projects when you're trying to design something or, or um, ask, you know, just getting them to do that critical thinking part of why are you thinking that? Yeah, that's good. And, and Julie? I think that regardless of where you are in your journey as an educator, and maybe you're interested in trying out a STEM project of some sort, it's okay to start small. You don't have to have technology devices as a part of your very first STEM project. Uh, just working together with your kids, listening to them, trying to steer the project into the direction that they want to go, I think is most important. And then you can slowly build on top of that for your next project until you're doing these amazingly awesome things that you would have never dreamed you could do. I think yeah. it's important to, you know, take it slow and slowly yeah. put on top of each lesson. So they, so they, so you shouldn't start out by by making a making an app tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just take it easy. She still has to teach me how she did that. <laughs> one 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 step at a time, and 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 then teachers, you're going to be creating your own apps uh, real soon if you right. follow the advice of. <laughs> you, you just had to follow the advice of, of Julie Smith and Mary Ledford, and um, yeah, exactly. Why not, right? Right. <laughs> go big or go home, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So Julie you and Mary, it's been don't go home. Don't go home. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's been it's been great having you guys on the show today. Um, and again, uh, look for Julie Smith online uh, at JG Techie Teacher and thetechieteacher.net. Um, Mary Ledford at Superstar Second Grade, you know, G, just GR and 2ND for the second grade. Um, they're both from Saline, Michigan. Uh, if you're anywhere near there, um, definitely uh, check them out. Invite them to your school and have them, have them give some, some ideas to your teachers. And um, you'll, be, you'll be amazed at, at some of the things that your own teachers will come up with at your school if you, if you check out what these ladies are doing. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. To hear more great STEM Everyday podcast episodes, 
Head to iTunes or your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Leave a review or comments, or if you're interested in being part of the show, find me on Twitter, at Daily STEM, and I'd love to chat, and maybe you can be sharing your great ideas with all these great educators. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com.